St. Augustine of Hippo is known for saying many, many wise and deeply theological sayings and quotes and all these different things that we still use hundreds of years later in the church. But one of my favorite quotes from St. Augustine is when he says, I can tell you the way to God, and I'm paraphrasing, of course. I can show you the way to God, and it's three steps. The first step is humility. Humility. The second step to God is humility. The third step to God, of course, is humility. Humility, humility, humility. Not being humiliated, but being humble. Being humble of heart. Gentle enough with ourselves and honest enough to be able to recognize who we are, whose we are, how we fail, how we mess things up. Because ultimately that virtue of humility allows us to see ourselves, yes, absolutely as loved by God. Always, everywhere, and with no conditions. To be loved by God. But humility also allows us to acknowledge and recognize that we are, in fact, sinners. But we're not just sinners who are left to our own volition and left to our own demise or misery. We're sinners who are in need of that love in order to be merciful to others, to be reconciled with others, to the church, ultimately to our God. But being humble and practicing that virtue of humility It's in doing that that our hearts are able to echo the psalm that we just sang, Psalm 51. Be merciful, O Lord. Be merciful on us because we've sinned against you, because we have failed, we've done what we shouldn't have done. In some way, shape, or form, in some kind of fashion, we have turned away from you, so Lord, don't abandon us. Please, turn back to us. Show mercy to us. And He is merciful always. He is loving. He is love itself. He is mercy itself. But repentance and mercy always demand that some type of change take place. Some type of change within our hearts, within our minds, in our own prayer lives, our spirituality, some habit, some action. It demands that some type of change take place, hopefully, even to the extent that our culture begins to change. Jesus pleads with us in the gospel to practice this prayer and this fasting and this almsgiving. He doesn't say, you know, if this works for you, go ahead and do it. Pray, fast, and give alms. He says, when you pray, when you fast, when you practice this almsgiving, when you do it, here's how I want you to do it. With humility. Let it not be seen by other people per se, but let it be seen by your Father. The one who invites you into these time-tested disciplines that guard our hearts more and more, stronger and stronger against these failures, these temptations, these sins. But in doing so, we're also cognizant, we remind ourselves that our Lord loves us and that He desires our hearts that may be broken, that may be wounded, that yes, are imperfect. But the church calls us to this beautiful, beautiful season of Lent, not to shame us, not to remind you that, oh, you messed up again, you filthy sinner. No, to remind us that our Lord calls us back to himself and that each and every person in this church has a role, has a place. This is the biggest day of the year for Christ the King. Everybody comes, whether you're Catholic or not. Regardless of whether you're Catholic or not, Christian or not, you are welcome here. We are thrilled that you're here. We all have a role to play in this plan of salvation that the Lord has for us, in this role of healing, this work of healing hearts, of being humble, 
of being, yes, sorry for our sins, but being able to recognize that mercy that the Lord offers to us so that we too can be transformed and then bring that transformation out into the world. Hopefully by keeping these disciplines of praying and fasting and giving alms out of humility and out of generosity holds us today, in which the church holds us today, brings us to some resolve and promise that we make to God to better ourselves, to allow him to change us, to allow him to call us more and more out of that depth of sin and brokenness and despair, not to shame us, but to say, I know what it is that you've done. I know what it is and what you failed to do. I know all these different things that have brought you away from me, and I love you still, and I cherish you still. I choose you. I desire you. We can't keep these promises by ourselves, though. This is kind of like a New Year's resolution. Ash Wednesday is when everybody has this resolve. I'm going to give up all these different things. I'm going to take on these spiritual practices. And we should. That's a good thing. But just like a New Year's resolution, if you do it by yourself, chances are you're going to fail. We can't keep this up on our own. But you don't have to. The entire church today, worldwide, enters into this season of Lent together. We'll get back to that in a second, but think of it in terms of like a diet plan, if you will, or if an entire family, your dorm room, your fraternity, sorority, somebody at your workplace, you go into this resolve to eat healthier, to live more actively, to better yourself. It's going to be much easier to do it. You see that you're not alone and you take your own encouragement, your own strength from other people, but then little by little you start to see some actual changes not just in your own habits, but even internally. Maybe the food in the fridge or the pantry starts to look a little healthier, better options. You feel yourself getting more energy. Something starts to change. Something starts to take place. That is our role today as the church. Imagine an entire church throughout the entirety of the world praying and fasting together today. This is not a holy day of obligation, and yet why do we see so many people? Because I believe our hearts are hungry for God. Our souls are thirsting for the God of life. We want reconciliation. We want peace. We want healing. We want all of these things that only God can bring. And we unite ourselves with the church today to remind ourselves, no, I can't do this by myself, but I don't have to. Praise be to Jesus Christ. I don't have to do it alone. I'm not left to it by myself. The whole church does this together, and you have a part to play. You have a role. Join this effort. Join this revival, if you will, to revitalize the world, to allow the Lord in the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come and to vivify us, to bring us back to life, to bring us back to this healing. We do it year after year after year because we need it year after year after year. And yet you have a part to play. When you are not here, the church misses you. When we fall short, the church is here to say, welcome back. Confessions are offered at two different times today. Confessions are offered throughout the week. Confessions are offered because the Lord offers you his love, his mercy, his peace, his healing, his fulfillment to quench that thirst, to put out the fires of life and to only ignite that fire of the Holy Spirit that he desires for you. That begins here. That starts now. Because as St. Paul told us in the second reading, now is the acceptable time. 
Now is the day of salvation. Turn back to me even now, we hear from Joel in the, New, the, the Old Testament, the first reading. Even now turn back to me, says the Lord. He doesn't say that once a year. He doesn't only say that on Ash Wednesday. He says that day in and day out of our lives. Turn back to me. Love me as I love you. Cherish me as I cherish you. Desire me because I desire you. You have a part to play in this salvation of the world. Because when we do this together, each and every one of us, things begin to change. Yes, our hearts, our minds, our actions, our habits. But the culture begins to change. The culture begins to heal. Hearts are converted. The culture is converted. The world is converted. Not in this aspect of, oh, everybody has to be Catholic, but converted in the sense of evangelized, brought to the truth of who Jesus Christ is, sent to redeem us, sent to reveal that Father's love to us, Regardless of what we've done, what we failed to do, where we've gone, how far we've gone, it does not matter so long as you come back. This is the day of salvation. This is the acceptable time. And we come back to him, hopefully, fully, wholeheartedly, without reservation and without condition. Turn back to him, but don't go alone. Don't go alone. Join this resolution to rend our hearts wide open as scripture says, to literally tear our hearts open, to let out the pain and the misery and the temptation and the sin and all the other things that the world offers us that we try to grasp onto to fulfill us, but that only leave us more and more wanting, more and more unfulfilled and failing more and more. Join this resolution to rend our hearts open, wide open to God in order to let this healing begin. When that happens, yes, the world will be changed. Yes, the culture will be transformed. Yes, our hearts will be converted. But always come back to him. Let this be the beginning for you of something new. Maybe you come to Christ each and every day of the week for Mass. Welcome back. Maybe we haven't seen you since Ash Wednesday of last year. Welcome back. Maybe you've never been here before. Welcome. You have a place. This is your spiritual home. And we do this together. In just, uh, just a few minutes, as you know, on Ash Wednesday, the moment everybody waits for, we're going to get our ashes put on our forehead to hear those words, repent and believe in the gospel. It's not just a cute saying. Repent. Turn from your sins. Believe in the gospel. doesn't just mean to read the gospel and think, oh, that's pretty neat. Jesus is a cool guy. But to believe in the gospel is to make a change in your life and believe that that is the truth that sets you free and that he came for you and that he cherishes you, and that he heals you, and desires and thirsts for you, and only you will quench that. Repent and believe in the gospel, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, but I leave you with this beautiful quote from Pope Francis in his Ash Wednesday homily from a couple years ago. We put this black dust on our foreheads to remind ourselves and all who see it that we are called to something greater than ourselves. But what Pope Francis says is, Yet upon this dust of ours, God blew his very spirit of life. So we should no longer live our lives by chasing dust, chasing ash, chasing these things that are here today and gone tomorrow. But instead, as a church, as a united people, let us return to the spirit, the giver of life, 
Let us return wholeheartedly to the fire that resurrects our ashes, to the fire who teaches us to love, to cherish, and to turn back to the Lord even now. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.